Welcome to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. Each week, our host, Dr. Laura Shinneman, dives deep into school library topics to help you build your skills and take charge of your own professional development. Her mission is to create an environment where librarians flourish and become lifelong learners. Now, on to today's podcast. I'd like to welcome AJ Talamantes to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. So AJ, glad to have you here today. And go ahead and tell us a little bit about your time in the library. Uh, thank you, Dr. Shinneman. Um, I'm honored to be speaking with you. I'm a fan of your podcast, and I actually know a few of your guests. And I think what you're doing for librarianship, it's, it's fantastic. And it's much appreciated to be, to be very honest. Uh, a little bit about myself. I'm a middle school librarian in San Antonio, Texas. Okay. And I'm at Sol Ross Middle School in the Northside Independent School District. Um, Sol Ross is a very community-based school. So I consider myself lucky to be part of, like, of this very supportive community. Um, I'm going to be, this will be actually my seventh year as a librarian here. Oh, wow. um, and my experience so far has included one year in the elementary okay. and the rest have been middle school. And they've all been at Sol Ross. Okay. Uh, prior to my librarianship, I did uh, a little bit of time as a college readiness coach and an English teacher at the secondary level. Um, so the beauty, I think, of my, of, the, of my experience in education thus far is that it's run the whole spectrum of grade levels. So I've kind of seen kids at pre-K three. Yeah. All, the, all the way to seniors in high school. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I never worked with middle school, so I'm just curious, like what's one thing that you just like really love about them? Oh, it's a great question. They're fun. Um, there's just something, I mean, you think you kind of have to take yourself back to that time period in your life, right? Um, yeah. That's like when you ride bikes and you sleep over at your buddy's house and uh-huh. it's just so fun and innocent. So it's really, really neat to, to be part of that, okay. of that age group. Okay, good answer. I, know I can just think back to like my own kids at that age. It's like, oh my gosh, that would have been very hard. <laughs> to yeah. them, so. they're, they're silly. And I think it kind of just takes that personality that, yeah. that gets it, I guess. Um, so, so it's a lot of fun. Good point. Good point. All right. So what do you remember about those earliest years in the library? Because a lot of my listeners are early career people and I love for them to hear some stories and kind of know it's going to be okay. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> uh, for sure. And I think this kind of, kind of even though, kind of goes into what I just mentioned before, before was that I remember that it was a lot of fun and it really still is. Uh, I came into library science with a vision of what I thought a library could be. Um, and I kind of thought to myself, like, this needs to be a place where kids are going to find it hit, but one that's also very serious about their academics. So I always kind of tell folks like our library, like what we wanted to build, especially those first few years, kind of has like a cool Starbucks vibe to it, but it's, but we're very serious about our academics as well. So it's kind of like doing, if we can do both, it really draws in our, our patrons. Yep. Um, for first year or beginning librarians, really my first years were all about finding my footing mm-hmm. on the campus and in the district. So wherever it is that you're at, I think that is the biggest thing that you should look at is find out what's going on where you're at, right? Uh, New librarians often come into a situation where they're taking place like of a seasoned librarian, uh, someone who's just very good. And that was the case with me. Uh, our previous librarian, Miss Weaver, um, she was a champ and I had to replace that champ, right? Wow. But I also knew that because I was new, I could experiment with uh, different kind of things. And that was the whole idea of like, hey, I have a vision for a library, so I'm gonna kind of play with this. Good. And because, yeah, exactly, because you're new, I mean, they're going to give you that grace period of sorts, right? To just kind of hone your skills and uh, build what you think you need to build for your community. And that's what was my biggest focus was, was just get in tune with your community, 
and look to see the, what needs that, that they have and see how you can meet those needs. Okay, all right. So do you have any other kind of advice of something that might've like helped you when you were just starting out? Uh, get to know your teachers. Um, it be quickly becomes very personal and you quickly realize how strong relationships with your teachers will ultimately just make you a stronger librarian. Because again, you're servicing a community so you need to learn the ins and outs of that community so you can service it like the best way that you can possibly do. Yeah, yeah. it's, you know, I don't spend a lot of time in bars, but I often thought of myself as like the bartender at the school, you know, because everybody oh. eventually, once you have that relationship, they come, you know, the adults would come and they're telling you their stories and, you know, you're wanting to help and figure things out and um, focusing on relationships is a good, good, good thing. So, all right. So AJ, what kind of things did you work on in the summertime as you were thinking about getting ready for this fall? For summer prep, um, I really look at what's going on in social media, like in regards to like education and librarianship. Yeah. Uh, I also attend any conferences, of course, workshops that kind of pique my interest. But I, I'm a little bit different, I think, in that I primarily follow the advice that we give our students, and that's read what you like reading yeah. and keep reading. Yeah. That's pretty much it. So a lot of my summer is really unplugging mm -hmm. and reading and taking a true break from all things professional. And I know that's a little bit different, but I feel that as long as I practice that idea of being a lifelong learner and I'm pursuing my own hobbies, I think I'll make progress professionally because I guess we're librarians, right? We're definitely librarians, but we're also humans with our own interests exactly. and we want to cultivate those interests and just become better at whatever it is that we do on our free time. Yeah. And isn't that, and I think too, it's like, isn't that like what we ultimately want from our kids, right? We want them to be curious uh, and we want them to be interested in different things. So personally, I fall back into my like lifelong learner mode and I think it works for me. I think it helps keep me creative. Yeah. I don't get burned out. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. And I was an elementary librarian. So, you know, during the school year, it was nonstop elementary books, you know, that I was reading. So that was my summers and my, my vacations. I was reading all the adult books I could, you know, I, I love international thrillers and spy movies and uh, spy books and things. So um, that was my time to do that, you know, have some me time. So that, that's good. It's good advice. Uh, yeah, you need that break from the profession. It just like keeps your perspective on things a little bit broader. Yeah. And I think you even look at things in a different light. Yeah. Um, like Education is always changing, right? It's continually changing. So I think it's important for the look for, uh, for influence somewhere else or everywhere, really not just somewhere else, but everywhere look for influence not just in that niche world of education. Yeah, most definitely. All right. So, you know, I know the variant D is around now, you know, but I still kind of think of us as hopefully mostly past the pan the biggest part of the pandemic, but, um, you know, and a lot changed in our roles over this time. Um, so I'm just curious, when you think about yourself at that middle school library, how, how did you really see the pandemic as kind of impacting you professionally? Um, I had a couple of takeaways really from the from the pandemic. Um, one of them was really the idea that people love libraries. Like that was something I really learned from from uh, from uh, from coming away from the pandemic, okay. and that libraries kind of sometimes operate as a source of comfort for a campus. Okay. Uh, we we can't forget that we are in the service industry, and when people can't enjoy the space that they've enjoyed before in the past it really does hurt morale a little bit. It's almost like if their world isn't right, like there's something off, right? Yeah. And libraries, because they're such a big part of a community, uh, when a population loses something that brings them comfort, security, knowledge, it upends things a bit. Um, I always, get, always kind of think to myself like, 
when you see nurses, uh, firefighters, police officers, just members of the community just helping, like we feel like better, right? We feel like a sense of security. The world is right. And I think the same is for, for a library. So I was actually talking to my wife about this. I was telling her like, in a way, libraries are a lot like an ecosystem, right? We are a huge part of an ecosystem. And when you remove us from that ecosystem, that ecosystem falters a bit. Um, it stumbles, like something's up. So, so it's in a way, it's, I, was, I was talking to her, I was like, in a way, it's like if I were to remove this river from this region, that region's not going to be the same. So my biggest post-pandemic takeaway was really that libraries are needed and highly valued. And it has changed us professionally quite a bit. I think it helps me see things more from the patron's eyes as opposed to the librarian's eyes. Okay. Because one of the big things that I saw was that we, especially even during the pandemic times, was that we need things to be streamlined. Mm. Um, it, it was very different, right? Of course, it was, it was super different. And I quickly noticed that, or well, we all noticed this, I think, that online, everything's easy, right? Everything is super easy. Like if I order an item online, the website gives me information on that item. It gives me reviews. All my information is ready to go. I can quickly make that quick purchase and I move on. And then the package is at my door and like, here we go. Life keeps moving, right? It's perfect. It's easy. I love that immediacy. And I think our patrons do too. So that was something that I really focused on was really just trying to make things easy for librarians, uh, not librarians, for patrons, and just to simplify things as best I could. Okay. That's good. And that ecosystem analogy, you need to turn that into an article. That, that was good. <laughs> it really would. I mean, just even think about helping administrators or anybody else um, kind of get that bigger picture. Like we try to tell them what would happen, you know, or they're starting to see in some states what happens when you remove librarians. You know, they're seeing it in reading scores and things, but that could be a really good article. <laughs> oh, it becomes this giant void. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It really does. All right. Okay, so is there anything else with your um, influence as a librarian that you would say changed in particular on your campus? I think this was for everyone. Um, rather than students coming to me, which is how it always is, right? I was going to them. So we were no longer that passive institution. We were very much an active institution. We were actively looking to get books into kids' hands. And uh, with the help from our community, our school community, we made things easier for kids to take ownership of their reading choices. So we had things like curbside services for at-home kids. Yeah. We had classroom deliveries for our in-person. Uh, we rated lunches with pop-up libraries. We had book giveaways. We used bookstore books as incentives. We actually have a bookstore in our library, so it's really neat. Oh, cool. uh, we donated books to our local apartment complexes. Um, and I think my favorite thing that we really did uh, as, as everything was kind of getting a little, little different, a little crazy, was that we purchased classroom libraries for our English teachers that included over a hundred of the best titles for middle school students. Oh. So each one of our English teachers on campus now has a beautiful new like library card. It's a gorgeous library card. And it's, and it's full of the hundred greatest uh, books that, for middle school students out there. So it's really, really neat uh, the, that we were able to approach it that way. We really just kind of wanted to do our part and just provide that award-winning diverse material. So, so did librarians help. play a role in that? Like, did y'all help pick those books and everything, or? Together with my, uh, with our uh, English coordinator, uh, between me and her, we decided, we went through a list after list after book of books and decided, hey, I think this is going to be perfect for our population. Great partnership. That's a Yes, very much so. Love that. Yeah. All right. 
Um, so I know your name had come up recently when I was talking to um, somebody else in your area, and they were just talking about some of the, the neat activities and things that you've worked on. So let's talk a little bit about your um, community garden. Tell, tell us about that. Um, it is. It's a, it is a, it's a huge thing for us. Um, in library science, again, this kind of goes back to our vision and, and if uh, any starting library list, uh, librarians are listening out there, like this definitely kind of goes back to what is it that you think your library can become? Um, we talk a lot about community in libraries, right? We talk about how can we engage those communities. We talk about maker spaces and how we can engage, use those to engage them as well. So we felt that a community garden would do just that. Um, you know, in a sense, it's our grower space. Uh, and this, and again, this goes back to like, what is your vision for a library? What do you think it can become? And I envisioned a library with a significant vegetable garden. I just thought it would be really neat to have students and community members alike coming together and work with one another and really just enjoy all, all the things that, that come with the, with the garden. Um, we've had, a, we, we started with four beds. We started with four vegetable beds. We're four by eight. So they're good sized beds. But now we're currently at 32 with plans to add a small orchard as well. So oh we're still growing. We're not even done, to be quite honest, we're still moving. Um, the neatest thing I think about this school year is that we're adding culinary events to our programming. Okay. So it's neat to see how our kids are gonna be learning about gardening items, right? But they're also gonna be learning about nutrition, healthy eating choices, uh, just by taking part in our cooking demonstrations. Wow. So I'm, I'm curious about, I mean, I know you said San Antonio, Texas, but are you like in the city or is it country more? No, or? no, not at all. That's, that's, that's a great, that's a great point. Um, we are in an urban setting, okay. um, major highways surround us. So we're wow. doing uh, that urban farming uh, things, the type of thing that you see so often. Yeah, that's really, really cool. Um, so are you partnering like with your food nutrition people or anything, or is this is just totally your your thing? <laughs> uh, it's a little bit of everything. And I think that's kind of like, that's the beauty of it, right? You you can't do it without your community. Um, we've established pretty serious partnerships with places like the Institute of Texan Cultures, uh, Texan AgriLive, San Antonio Food Bank, uh, Junior Master Gardeners, PTA. It's been like a whirlwind of collaboration, but that's like, that's what you want, right? Yeah. That's what makes it cool is that we've had so much help with the garden. Um, yes, the library is leading it, but there's so many hands that, that have been involved um, to, to get us to where we, where, where we are. But again, for the librarians listening out there, that's what you want. You want to get to the point where you have many allies in your corner. Um, it does take time and it definitely takes perseverance. Uh, and you do have to have like that don't quit mentality. Mm -hmm. But as long as you keep bringing folks in, um, things just kind of sometimes even grow organically. And before you know it, uh, you, you're doing pretty well. Okay. So like just to describe like a normal week. How, do, how does your job fit in with the garden during the week? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I couldn't even give you like, to say that we like every week looks the same, it doesn't, right? Cause it's, it's we're growing crops. So yeah. sometimes we're, we're putting things in the ground. Uh, sometimes we're harvesting. Sometimes we're going to hand picking the cabbage loopers cause they're terrorizing our, our cabbage. Uh, <laughs> it just, it's, just, it's kind of all over the place, but uh, we use our lunches quite a bit to bring students in, like our gardening students will come in during their lunches and we'll head out there uh, after school as well. Uh, we want to have that idea of like, we're kind of, it's again, it's kind of goes back to the library. We're always open. We're always uh, taking help, uh, willing to take help and people show up and, and they help us out, whether it's at a cooking demonstration or, or uh, moving a whole bunch of compost. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you said your garden students, but did they apply to be like a club or, or how? 
Yes. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are definitely a club. It's a very informal club. I didn't want to get too uh, too the you need to, this requirement, that requirement. We want to make it a welcoming space. And it, again, it's a lot like a library. We're just gonna we're welcoming everyone. If you're interested, we'll, we'll take you in. That's cool. So where did where did your idea come from? Like, where, what was the I, I just thought they made a great fit, to be very honest. And sometimes I think to myself, like, I'm surprised I don't see more of it. I think, like, I think that's the beauty of a garden, right, is that it lends itself to all sorts of academic areas. It really does. I mean, we're talking botany, agri-science, weather systems, history, nutrition, cooking, self-reliance. Like, it just goes on and on. And that's why I think it's a great fit for a library. Yeah. Um, I think the best part, really, is, and these are, like, little quiet victories that you have when you're out there, is when you hear the kids using terms that they learned in class. Yeah. It's like, oh, this, in some ways they're teaching me sometimes. It's, it's just really, really neat to like, oh my goodness, they're talking about science stuff right here. And it, and they're just, and it's all on their own. So it's really, really neat. Okay. And th this will show my age, but um, decades ago, um, after 9-11, there was actually a grant that went out where uh, you could apply to be a, a rose garden that was like a remembrance garden. And I, I actually did that. And so I didn't do vegetables, but we had a rose garden that was outside of our library. But but we use that as a way to have like a reading, a, a different place to go to to read. Um, and, and we were elementary, you know, so teachers could take their class out or I could go outside, you know, and do story time or whatever. But so gardening is actually, there's a lot of different angles, you know, that you could take with that. Um, but that, that's really, really cool. I love that. So do you have any like community partners like Lowe's or Home Depot or anybody that donates things to you or how, how are you funding all of this? Well, we, we, uh, we applied for grants and we were awarded those grants. Um, it get help from the district as far as writing the grants and putting them together. Um, that, that, that made a huge impact um, as far as like to get us moving. Um, yeah. But we started when we started with those four beds, it was book fair funds. Those book fair funds okay. got lumber, and I and we put the beds together. And before you knew it, people get interested again. It's like one of those things, and I bet you experienced this as well with the with the rose garden. Is people want to see what's going on, and they are willing to get involved any way they can, just because they want to be a part of something uh, that's going on on campus, like a garden. It's 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 really neat. Mm -hmm. Even I'm thinking about like if I don't know if middle school parents would come, but like if it was elementary. I think families would come, you know, because they would want to do something like that, especially if they didn't have a garden, you know, at their house or something. But yes, yeah, we do get families. We 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 even get uh, students that have moved on to high school, but still like that idea of coming and helping with the garden. We get those oh. as well. So it's again, everyone is uh, interested in what's going on, and we're kind of in a prominent place. We're kind of right in the corner of a, of a major street, okay. um, so you see it all all the time and. Uh, it's just neat to see how, how people have really rallied around it. And in some ways, Dr. Tenman, I think I'm almost at the point where I can kind of step away a bit because it's running. It's a, it's a little bit of a machine and we're getting to that point. That's why I'm excited about this year because uh, here we're coming back indoors so we can cook and, <laughs> and eat. Yeah. So what what do you do at the at the end of the crop cycle, like with the produce? What, what do you do? Oh, uh, that's, we give it away. And we're usually giving it away to our students um, it's really neat to see kids like pick vegetables, uh, uh, whatever it is that we're growing. Um, this, this year we did so many tomatoes, but they go pick them. And the first thing they're like, Mr. T, can I go give this to my teacher? And, or Mr. T, I'm going to take some of these uh, plants to my house. Is that okay? And uh, of course we say yes. Right. 
but it's neat to see how kids want to give back even to their teachers that, hey, we, we pick these ourselves and now I want to go give this to my math teacher. So, it. so it's, it's really cool. And of course, the math teachers love it. How, how can you not love like when one of your students comes and gives you a basket full of tomatoes? It's like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. Cool. Very cool. Um, so do you, in your mind, like, does, does it just keep going or do you have something you want to do bigger with it or? I think the end goal is the uh, farmer's markets. Okay. I think that's kind of where we're headed. Um, I think that'll open, like, now that we're doing the cooking, I think we're headed to like a farmer's market to where the kids are kind of doing more of the, of the presentations and, and maybe even the marketing and just kind of, kind of having fun with that. I think that's where we're headed. So where, um, with the cooking, is that in your library or where do, where it is, it, it is, is. Okay. <laughs> it wow. is, but I mean, uh, I like it just because it's such a big space and uh, and it just the idea of programming and, and bringing these kind of, uh, of, of things to our library. Yeah. It, 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 people look at us differently, right? It, we're not just uh, a place to go read. Um, they're going to be cooking here later this afternoon. So, so it's kind of cool to kind of look kind of present ourselves differently. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all could start doing salsa or something. And <laughs> Yes, we did salsa last year. We did it. Um, oh, that's I mean, awesome. That's awesome. You forget, like you can do easy things like like cucumber water or trail mix. It's that as long as it's, it's very simple, and we and we can do it. And and then the kids walk away with 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 that knowledge. It's, it's really yeah. cool. Neat. Okay, so if this is catching somebody's attention right now, they're thinking, oh, maybe I need to think about this a little more. What what would you tell them? Like some first steps if they wanted to really investigate this. Uh, first steps. I mean, whether it's a garden or anything, really, because I think I think a lot of us are talented in so many different ways. So like whatever your passion project, it's like bring like find that passion uh, and bring it to the library and keep bringing it. Like do not just stop if you have a bad day or if it doesn't work out. Um, you really do have to be uh, just persistent. Um, you, you definitely will have setbacks. And I think sometimes you even have to plan for those setbacks, mm -hmm. but you're going to have wins as well. And it's going to be those little wins that keep you going. Um, I will, I'll preach a little bit, but I always, I always tell folks that if you're serious about that passion of yours, whether it's gardening or whatever it may be, then you need to take that passion seriously and find that strength that is your community. Cause that's kind of where I found mine. I realized that, Hey, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of knowledge. There's a lot of people here that are willing to help and finding those like-minded folks really helped me move forward. Okay. Very, very cool. I mean, Honestly, I never, ever would have thought about a vegetable garden tied in with the library. So that, that is awesome. So. And it's fun to go outside too, right? Just to kind of a change in pace. It's like, hey, let's go outside and let's go check our, our, our broccoli crops or whatever it might be. It's neat to be out there. So I'm just, so do you buy a lot of books then about gardening or farming or anything? I'm just curious how this has impacted like your, your collection in any way. Um, not, not you say that, uh, a little bit. We also do birding. Um, uh, we also offer birding in our library. So that's kind of also impacted some of our, our choices as far as like what we're bringing in, uh, as far as text. Um, but it has, it has, I think a lot of what we're learning is online to be very honest. We are, we are going through YouTube videos and I, we, my wife and I've been gardening for a while. So, so we, we know a little bit yeah. and, uh, and as well as just, Again, this, there's organizations out there. I think it was a, the Junior Master Gardeners that really helped me kind of understand exactly how a, how a school garden would function. Yeah. So going to those trainings and just really seeking out information. Yeah. 
that'd be some cool. To, I, mean, I imagine there's a lot of different speakers, you know, that you could bring in uh, to talk to the kids. So that that's interesting. All right. It's infinite, Dr. Sediment. I really, really think it is like a library. Like you, you said it yourself, like there's so many angles you can attack a, a, a garden. Yeah. All right. So AJ, early on, I know you, you mentioned social media, You're like for the summer, that was something that you did, but but just in general, what are what are your tips for like how, how you stay sharp, how you keep learning and growing? I I think I'm very fortunate to be part of what I consider a very strong school district. And that's Northside uh, ISD. It's a huge school district. It's got over 100 schools. Oh. Um, it's very diverse. I think we're the fourth largest in Texas. Okay. Um, but the beauty of it is that it takes library science pretty seriously. And because it takes library science seriously, it attracts and develop strong librarians. Mm -hmm. So I personally keep myself sharp really by seeing what's going on in the library community. Mm -hmm. uh, really a lot of it off is often really our library community. Um, I use professional development as a guide to center really see what's new and what's trending, but yeah. I tend to rely on what's happening in real time and in okay. real settings for influence. Okay, so I'm curious, so with your district, do y'all do, do things like visit each other's libraries or? We sure do. Yeah, we sure do. And we're, we're talking, we're very, uh, we're talking and we're in communication often. Um, our library director, is, she's fantastic. Uh, Ms. Kolka, she, she does a really good job of allowing us freedom uh, to pursue whatever it is that we feel we need to pursue. Again, it's all very local, right? What is it that your community needs? It's not the whole like one size fits all kind of attitude. It's actually, that's, that, that sometimes kind of hurts us. Um, really so focusing on the community that you're serving. Okay. All right. So AJ, if anybody, any of the listeners want to connect with you today or follow you and learn from you, where will they find you online? We uh, have a site on Twitter and that's at Sol Ross Reads, uh, S-U-L-R-O-S-S Reads. Okay. Um, our Instagram handle is the same thing, at Sol Ross Reads. And our website is solrossreads.com. Perfect. All right. Well, AJ, thanks so much for sharing today. It's been fun. Uh, learning about something I've never even thought about <laughs> with the <laughs> library, but I appreciate your time and just wish you the very best as you start out this fall. Thank you, Dr. Cinnamon. Have a great day. Bye-bye.